There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to NFL Friday. Joined alongside Bridge Gotham, joined alongside Jack Warner, Chris Persianen, and guys, we made it to week one of the NFL season, the longest offseason. Every year feels longer than the last, and we had a great game last night. The Lions and the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the defending champs, fell to the Lions 21-20 at Arrowhead. And we have a number of great matchups to preview for this Sunday. And, of course, Monday, we got Giants and Jets to talk about. But first, how's it feel to be back and talking some football? Well, I was quite vocal about my excitement for Week 1 approaching and you know, eventually getting back into full swing of football season. But I didn't know it was possible to get more excited. And last night did just that because... It was full of it was it was full of fun things to talk about. I think more people probably had the Chiefs winning that one than the Lions. You know the obvious. So you had a little bit of I won't I won't go as far as an upset just because how early in the season it is. But you had who wasn't the team that wasn't as favored pulling out the win. Um, some drama, some storylines, a lot of butterfingers. So you know I think last night was about as good of a debut week one game as as you could really ask for if you're really excited for a good another good season NFL football. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to be back here in the studio talking football. It's just such a behemoth of a product week to week. It dominates our Sundays in America. It's it's ludicrous the extent to which the country is locked in weekly. Um, and it's the most fun regular season to follow. So every week, I, and I, think, I do think that's more because of the scarcity than the quality of the product, but the fact that there's one game a week, you gotta watch it. You gotta be there. You gotta tune in. You gotta try to go. You gotta, you gotta be involved somehow with this product, and that's why I think it's like a force bigger than we even understand. The, the cultural ties and historical ties. Like I just went to, I'm wearing the shirt, College Football Hall of Fame in, in Atlanta, Georgia, and there was so much history behind football and how intertwined it is with our country. It's just very, very deep. Um, and it's a big deal to be here on NFL Friday for week one. So I'm honored, I'm excited, and I'm ready to get talking with you guys. Yeah, you got to love it. And again, like you mentioned, college football. College football's back in full swing. We got Fordham. Uh, they've played two games. They're one and one. So a lot of fun action here up at Rose Hill and then in the wide spectrum of college football, too. But, you know, we're going to talk the pro game. We'll talk briefly about last night's game. You know, we mentioned, Jack, to you, you know, it's hard to really call it an upset because of how early it is in the season. And I think because of some other factors that I'll briefly mention, one, Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones both did not play. And then two, 
uh, the big swing in the game was the pick six that Patrick Mahomes threw that was not his fault whatsoever that basically bounced off the hands of the receiver and right into the hands of the Lions defense. That's what changed the game and gave the Lions some life and ultimately won the game. Now, you mentioned that uh, you know some, some of the talent after the game on the broadcast might have gone so far to call this uh, win for the Chiefs or win uh, for the Lions, put an asterisk there. I think you can't do that. That's That's just not fair to ever do that because a win's a win. Injuries are part of the game. I mean, the Patriots beat the Falcons without Rob Gronkowski all those years ago in the Super Bowl, right? And you could argue that he was, you know, he's Brady's best target. So you can go tit for tat all over the place and say that, look, having a player injured, you can't just automatically call a win less valuable. Uh, just just want to put that out there. Well, yeah, and the other thing is I think resorting to the, well, Kelsey wasn't playing, well, this happened, put an asterisk by it. I think the other thing that it kind of does is takes some of the blame. I think it's too pro Kansas City, not only in the, you know, making excuses for the loss, but also I think last night was so shocking because we've never seen Kansas City really play that sloppy of football before. I feel like for the first time in this Pat Mahomes era, that was one of the first times I think you ever really saw Mahomes playing on his own. Mm -hmm. He was the rushing, he led the team in rushing with 45 yards. It, you know, we'll address the elephant in the room with Kadarius Tony. Three drops, couldn't get out of his own way. But you also had a, a crucial drop from uh, Sky Moore. Yep. You had one from Jarek McKinnon, so no one could catch the ball. Ground game was almost non-existent. And again, you had Mahomes as your leading rusher for the game. So yes, were there some factors that absolutely pushed in the Lions' favor? You'd be you'd be dumb not to to acknowledge that. But I think this whole you know, they were a little short-staffed, this whole asterisk thing. It it takes a spotlight off of how poorly Kansas City played in this first game, and then as a product of that, takes the spotlight off of a good thing, which was how the Lions were able to capitalize off of mistakes that Kansas City made. Yeah, I'm not looking to devote energy to the asterisk storyline. I just don't even, <clears throat> nope. Um, but with the, the Chiefs O-line, I think, is where I want to hone in on more specifically in terms of a position group. Yeah, they were missing Chris Jones. Yeah, they were missing Travis Kelsey. And we know Kelsey, you know, blocks, so things weren't great there. But Kelsey's a receiver, mostly. We know that, mm -hmm. too. Um, none of the running backs, you know, particularly Pacheco, who is good, did not impress. You know, none of them impressed. Edwards Hilaire was bad. Um things didn't really work in the short game. Like, I just don't – I don't think people should be surprised at this because this is what this team is. Like, this is – they've been lining up in illegal formation for three years. Like, yeah, the calls were bad last night, right? But, like, this is what the Chiefs do. They jump snaps, they line up weird, and Mahomes makes magic out of it because they create all these little abnormalities um, that they capitalize off of because they're the better team. Uh, here's the thing. Mahomes, even when he's losing games, doesn't really play bad games. And last night seemed like a bad game from him on the stat sheet. You just obviously watching it know it, it wasn't. Um, but he's going to make mistakes this season. And I think this Chiefs team is in a position, particularly without those two stars, and even when they get Kelsey back, I think they're still in this position without Chris Jones, where those mistakes will just lose them the game. Like, usually they have the Chiefs magic, the Mahomes magic, to work over it and still eke out a five-point win, six-point win, three-point win, right? But they lost by one last night. There's a reason for that. It's because there was one too many mistakes. That's how many points those things, you know, like, 
if you look at the raw numbers, the one-game sample size, Tony lost the Chiefs two points every time he touched the football and didn't catch it or did. Like, there was about a negative two-point expected value on Tony catches, which is nuts. That will probably never happen again this season for any Chiefs wide receiver unless Tony's, like, in his own head about it. Um, You know, I think he deactivated his Twitter, so... There's a step in the right direction instead of yelling at Giants fans at three in the morning about how Daniel Jones misses him and not the other way around. Um, But listen, Twitter DMs to random people aside, I think that it's kind of a sign of what's going on there. Sky Moore needed to break out for them to have a wide receiver option that we were like, oh, that guy is good. Is Rasheed Rice going to do anything? Is Valdez Scantling actually decently good or is he just a wide receiver three on a good team this is the reality of this chiefs roster this is what they are and at the end of the day they have a guy who gives them a chance in every game and for a game that they should not have been in they lost by one um i think you got to take the name brand away from it you got to talk stud quarterback with the skin bones team like you know just like a bare bones team you got to talk a well-rounded team in detroit with some good pieces they didn't use much of jameer gibbs they, they didn't exactly bring the level of pressure I thought Campbell would want to throw week one, like really punch him in the nose and but <laughs> grit. I thought we're gonna what it was something about their kneecaps, but like um <laughs> we're going to see the Lions get more aggressive throughout the year and and I think there are things you can take away from week one. I don't think there's an asterisk. I don't think you throw the footage away. So that's it for me on that. You know, I did not think that Chiefs would struggle to cover a three and a half spread. I did not see them covering a five and a half spread, which is what it was at, you know, bef- way before the game. And right. so that should say something, right? Like, yeah, I don't, I think Detroit's decent. I don't trust Kansas City to be elite week one with no Travis Kelsey, with no Chris Jones. Chris Jones gave up 1.1 million to miss that game and hold in. I think that, uh, I think if they don't want things to get ugly quick, he, they got to sign that deal, and I think it's tough when you sign that deal and that guy comes back to be like, okay, well, everything should be good now, and when it, it's not, how sour do things get in that locker room, particularly because of what Jones did to get that deal? Right. I, I just want to also briefly touch on there's a third down late in the game where I think you kind of touched on it earlier uh, in with regard to some of the silly play calls that the Chiefs try to get a little too cute with it sometimes. I think it was a third down late in the fourth quarter. Oh, there was no reason when for that. they ran yeah, that, that end around direct snap, just nonsense, and the Lions stuffed them. And you just, you just, you're just scratching your head at that point because that was really where they that's lost the, the game, and they lost the game in a lot of other facets. But right that's down the, the Indiana Jones scene, yeah, where the swordsman shows off all his tricks and all his great moves yeah, with right. his sword, and Indiana Jones pulls out his pistol and yeah. just <laughs> ends that fight there. Like, gotcha. Dan Campbell was like, "Oh, that's sick, man! Watch this." Yeah, <laughs> and how about hey, how about that fake punt from your own what 15 yard line in the first quarter? That's Campbell, and man. then. I was also scratching my head when they then punted from the Chiefs 40, I think, in the second quarter. So there were some interesting decisions, but, hey, ultimately they won the game. Happy for the Lions. Reed would have gone for that with no question. No, that's what I'm saying. Analytics say go for it. If you're on the opponent's 40-yard line, you can either take a, what, a 57-yard field goal. Don't make it an analytics eye test thing. 
your brain says you should go. That's what I'm Common saying. Common sense no, says you should. But I'm saying beyond that, like even the data backs it up. It's not just like well, the data just quantifies common sense. That's not I even think, if you use it right. Right. But, that's not even the only one that people had questions about. The other one was the fourth and twenty at the end of the game. I understand oh, it was yeah. late in the game. I thought they were going to punt. They had well, three timeouts. Well, exactly, and it was they had three timeouts with. It, they had, the two they hadn't too. hit the two-minute warning yet. It was going to go into the two-minute yeah. warning. So you had a full two minutes, three timeouts, and I. some people were confused with that play call. I still think it would have probably gone the, the Lions' direction because even in that final drive, they managed to just run the clock out. Mm-hmm. So right. would it have made that much of a difference? I don't know. I think I'm picking at a very minuscule thing, kind of what-ifs. It's really not a big deal, but it was just something that – there was a lot of play calls that you, you used the term correctly. It left a lot of people scratching heads. Well, what-ifs sounds on topic for what we got coming yeah, up Yeah, right. Next we're going to segue into – let's briefly talk a little Giants and Jets, and then we'll actually make our pick. So in chronological order here, the Giants – had a great season last year, made the playoffs, won a game. They're back year two of the Dable administration, Dable Joe Shane administration. And uh, they've been rewarded as such because, hey, they have a lot of primetime games. And the first one is Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys, a game that I feel like I saw when I was a kid all the time to open up the season, Giants-Cowboys on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, both teams were in the playoffs last year. It's primetime. It's everything that you want out of a matchup. I want to start with you, Jack. So, Coming into the game, the Cowboys, they are the favorite despite being on the road. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. How do you see this matchup playing out, and do you think the Giants, which they're going to – their fans, they're having – they're calling it a blue out, right? So just yeah. it's, it is what it is. All right, it's a, you know, they, had a, they had a whiteout. See uh, Waller might be out for game one? I did see yeah, that. Yeah, you beat, you beat me to yeah, it. So I was kind of <laughs> hoping Jack would bring that up. So you kind of jumped the gun there. Come on, but, man. But, it's news. No, but yeah. it's news. No, no yeah, it's, but it's, break, break it down for me. I think, well, that that was going to sort of be my first point. Right, is yeah. I, I do think, so right now he is uh, listed as questionable, I believe. It's right. It's yeah. not It's not ruled out. Yeah, so. I want your analysis, Jack. Uh, you, you know, I'm, not, I'm not breaking the news. I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure. I want to fact check myself. Mm. Um, so, no, I think, first of all, one of the things that made the uh, Giants faithful very excited over the offseason and during the midst of training camp was a lot of the young offensive talent. I mean, you you touched on it that, you know, the Cowboys are still favored in in this opening game, but um I think the I think if there's any question marks with the Giants going into this game, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. That's just how I've I, that's how I've always viewed it. Um I don't I don't see it being an easy victory for either side. I think this is going to be one of the most evenly matched games of the weekend, but it's one of the ones that I'm definitely looking the most forward to. And I think MetLife on a Sunday night to open up the season is going to be electric, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I think um, I'll take the other angle here. I think the defensive young players were the standouts in camp. You look at Jordan Riley, you look at Trey Hawkins, guys that are probably going to be starters for this team in Hawkins and, and mm-hmm. Deontay Banks, right? Right. I think you know between the first-round pick and Banks, Jordan Hawkins and, and Jordan Riley, those three young defensive standouts were probably the three yeah. young players that people were most excited about in camp in general, and they're yep. all on the defensive end. So, uh, yeah, Evan Neal, exciting, right? But will he be a season-long right tackle? I think that's a question that's worth asking. I think it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas is a bookend. We know that. Um, yeah. Michael John Michael Schmitz what do we see from him as a center will he start week one I think so right so that's the plan what do we get from JMS week one 
should be intriguing. I think he will do the job. I don't think he will do a good job. I think he will get it done, though. So that's fine. Um, if you're the Giants, the questions are on the offensive end of the field. Wink is a known quantity. You know what he's going to do. You know what he's going to run. Mm-hmm. Right. But Daniel Jones' wide receiver one was a fumbling punt returner yep. from last night's game. So my question is more, for me personally at least, coming in for the Giants' season, what is this offense going to look like? To what extent were they planning to lean on Darren Waller? Does he play? If he doesn't play, do Paris Campbell and Saquon Barkley like make up enough of a duo to have some juice there, right? Is Wandale Robinson someone who, when added back, is going to raise the floor of this group? I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's a ceiling raiser, I don't, right? But we haven't seen enough of him yet. Can but, we yeah. get something real from Wandell Robinson, right? That's like, I think so. I think he showed that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the questions for me are, are on offense. What is this offensive line going to look like, particularly from center and on to the right? Um, Saquon, right? How, do they, how are they going to use him in this offense? He talked over the offseason about how uh, every team has comps on guys, right? Like the the Panthers posted a negotiation between their GM and Dan Arnold's agent, mm-hmm. and Arnold was like, "What's your comp on? What are your comps on this guy? You know, he's not just some blocking tight end that occasionally catches a pass. Like this is like a real pass catching tight end here." Um, and the Panthers ended up signing Arnold, which was cool to see how the negotiations unfolded. But like the Giants gave Saquon Barkley their comps on him, and it was Henry and Chubb. It was not Eckler. It was not these guys who are these super weapons in the receiving game. So do the Giants eventually want to get to just having a power runner and, and making that guy Saquon Barkley? Um, I think Saquon's best when he's in an open space, in the open field. So how can we make that happen? How can we get him open in the short game? Short passes from Daniel Jones, easy passes for him to get off where a young offensive line wouldn't necessarily need to buy him six seconds in the pocket, right? Um I think the Giants have a lot to show on the offensive end, a lot of questions to answer. Defensively, you're starting several young players. I think the question marks are just going to be, can they play? Can they hang? Can they start at an NFL level? We know how close NFL games are no matter what the talent disparity is because at the end of the day, these backdoor covers happen all the time due to the talent level being really close Mm league-wide. Right? The Jaguars were coming back on on top teams before they were good Right? because the talent is there. How many games will the Colts be close in this season? Like, I think more than people think, even if they lose them all, right? So for the New York Giants, last season was a lot of one-possession games for them. It came down to the last drive, and it came down to, hey, are they going to score here? Because if they do, they win. And if they don't, they lose. A lot of one-possession games. (laughs) A lot of one-possession. I think the only non-one-possession game was when they blew out the Colts that clinched the playoffs at the end of the season. So you, you take a look at the Giants. Will they see the usual trend of the opposite luck. Will they lose a lot of those one-score games that they won? Will their improved team have them in position to not be in one-score games? Will they take a step back and not be in one-score games because they're worse? You know, Those are the questions for me that need to be answered are, are on the offensive end, especially with the offensive line. With the pass-catching unit, is Waller the wide receiver one? Right? Like, what functionally, how is that going to work? And also, in general, is this going to be a Giants team that takes a step forward on the field but takes a step back in terms of their record now i love that last point you made because i will say the schedule they're playing this year is a lot tougher in the sense of first off your first six games you only got two home games you play one at home two away one at home two away so you could be coming home for week seven against i believe the jets and um 
don't know if it's the Jets or if it's the Commanders, but they come back in Week Seven, and it's only your third home game, and you you could be what three and three, you could be two and four. You do not want to be behind the eight ball because we saw last season they started strong, they kind of you know down the stretch a little a little weaker, but it's nice to have that insurance right to be up instead of having to fight back, which they've done in years past, but. Again, just a couple of your points, Chris. The offensive line will definitely be tested, especially with how strong Dallas's defensive front uh, is. Parsons, Parsons is, is a monster, mm-hmm. right and then a, field day. A, a lot of questions on the offensive end, right, with the receivers. And if Waller doesn't play, what's going to happen? So, I don't have much more insight because we got to wait for those questions to be answered. If we're being frank here, yep. uh, we just got to wait and see. And I think the fans will show up. It'll be really, it'll be a really great atmosphere, and it's exactly what you want out of a Sunday night game. And Moving along to the Jets, they're on. They're at MetLife and they're Monday night. I mean, both New York teams, two primetime games. Love it. And I think the people working overtime, I feel bad for the grounds crews because they have to change out that logo at the 50 now. That's a new thing this year. It was always an NFL logo at MetLife. Now they have the team logos. That is a lot of extra work to do in one day. Like I've it. always like wondered it. why they didn't do that sooner. I like it. It's, I think it's because it's too much work. But, yeah. I mean, I, I mean. You know, I can't even imagine. I mean, before they would just change out the end zones, which seems simple enough, but to do the whole logo. You think you think it was the Giants or the Jets that asked Giants, for this? Giants. Giants. Yeah. We know this? Uh, it's just a gut feeling, I feel like. Um, I feel like for a long time. I mean, the old stadium was like called Giants Stadium. Right, but I feel like it would be the Jets being like, oh, we're going to be good now, so we want to have our own. I think it was also. Oh, f- HBO definitely paid for it. <laughs> It was definitely no. a hard knock. I think it was definitely. They're has- not getting hard knocks in season, so no shot. <laughs> I no, think it was hard- also they they put in a new turf this off season. I remember last yeah, year there did. were a lot of complaints about it. So yeah. I think when they did put in the new turf, I think maybe something to do with they're able to replace the logo. But anyways, mm. Jets playing against the Bills, right? So we basically we have two division games in New York, both against love it two the opponents that the New York teams are playing. Well, in the Jets case, the best team in the division, and the Giants case, the second best team, right? Because the Eagles, but. You're basically, it's divisional games, divisional games that matter against teams that are statistically better than you and record-wise better than you last year. So it's everything that you want. Uh, They're giving the Bills minus two and a half. Aaron Rodgers debut. Chris, how's it going to go? Yeah, I don't know that I love, and we can save the the picks for our segment on there, but I guess I'll spoil mine here and say that there's a team with Aaron Rodgers on it that has a really strong defensive unit and superstars as cherries on top and also that function as like a real mm-hmm. fuel for the group in Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner. And now you've got Carl Lawson playing that role they wanted him in like in the first place, which is like a third banana, second banana, you know. Yep. They're underdogs at home. They are underdogs at home. It's weird. It is definitely weird. You got to think with the fan excitement that's going to come out in week one of the Rodgers era in New York that this could be even. But underdogs at home is very odd to me, and I think Buffalo is a good team, and I think Allen is a stud quarterback. I think he's better at quarterbacking than Rodgers is. But underdogs at home in a primetime game for Aaron Rodgers and his new team with his new teammates with his stud defense with underdogs at home <laughs> uh, I, you know that's my take okay Jack I, I mean I he he kind of went the route that I was going to go with regards to we are one thing that's staring us all in the face is how how fantastic this Jets defense looks and I think 
there's there's two main things that stand out to me the most when you put these two when you put New York's defense and Buffalo's offense side by side. First of all, he was talking about the defensive line. You got to also understand what's interesting about Buffalo is for as good of a team as they've been for the last handful of years, they've had a pretty average offensive line the entire time. Feliciano. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> if there's nothing, I feel decently confident that this New York Jets, first of all, their defensive line can make Josh Allen's night a living hell all night, especially, especially when you think about how one of the ways in which they, the lineup could occur is Quinn and Williams and Al Woods matching up against, um, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, uh, Spencer Brown. Sorry. Oh, Spencer, Spencer Brown, Brown is yep. not good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Spencer Brown on the right side at right tackle. When you have matchups like that, one, it makes me salivate for the Jets' uh, defense. I think, first of all, that that matches up really well for them. But then second of all, I think that they have the match. The, I think they win the matchup with their cornerbacks, too. If you look at it's going to be a strength-on-strength strength sort of matchup between New York and Buffalo in the sense that you have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and Michael Carter going up against a pretty decent wide receiver core for Buffalo. But is it? How so? Doesn't Diggs like barely even want to play right now? Was it, what's his contract situation? Wasn't he like holding out on them for no that, reason? That was a while ago though. Yeah. I, I assume that's been resolved considering we have Well, no, I, I was going to say New York has the edge. I was I was I was saying that there's a decent matchup there, but that New York has Yeah. I think my point I just more is this, I I I feel like I feel like Gabe Davis good. I uh, all right, that's all. Uh, no, com- no, Onward. no, Onward. no Onward. comment. My point was going to be more. I think Aaron Rodgers. It's 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 his game to lose. I think he's going to have the table set for him very well because I think New York. I think New York wins the matchup in terms of cornerback on wide receiver, and I think they absolutely win the matchup in terms of DL versus OL. Yeah. So I mean, on paper and like statistically, the Jets should win this game, right? But the Bills have been together. At least the, you know their core position players have been together for years, and they've done well together for years, right? The Jets, this is a new team coming together. Remember, a similar experiment to this Jets was uh, Tampa a couple years ago, right, when Brady went down there. Good weapons, good defense, and, you know, they ultimately won the Super Bowl, but it wasn't pretty for the first month and a half. So will the Jets have those same struggles and growing pains? Maybe. That does remain to be seen. For me, what I'm looking at is definitely, you guys kind of touched on it, that Jets offense putting pressure on the Bills' defense. Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year last year. Steve Rogers has a young guy to throw to. And don't forget, he still has Lazard and Cobb, older guys. Yeah, not as good. But chemistry means a lot, right? Quarterbacks, they can depend on guys they know. Mm. So that's important, too. Then you got Dalvin Cook. Let's talk about that. I mean, again, I know he's a bit older, right? He doesn't have to be who he was in Minnesota because Brees Hall exists and other guys exist, right? Because the Jets team has so much depth, I think that offense is going to be so fun to watch. And then defensively, they're going to pressure the Bills, right? You said, Jack, they can make Josh Allen's night a living, a living hell, a living nightmare, right? I think Brees is so much better than Dalvin right Oh, now. at this point, yeah. I don't if he think, comes back and looks as good as he did Jets, last year. Yeah, if you're yeah. the Jets, you can't let Dalvin seriously eat into touches. This is, to me, like Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I remember the Packers always used to give Jamal Williams, like just for the sake of keeping – give Jamal Williams touches for the like sake of keeping Jones yeah. fresh. And it's like you got to give the better player the football, like straight up. You can't – this is a Jets team that I hope does not approach the season like they're playoff bound. I hope they approach the season like they need to earn every win. Yep. Because that's what good teams do. 
Um, I think feeding Dalvin those carries, like because he's so good, won't be bad, but I don't think it's optimal for you at all. Yeah, and I trust Robert Sala. I think he's going to make some good choices. And uh, oh, no, you know, you don't oh, see. You know, I I think that what I saw on Hard Knocks and that relationship that he's built with Aaron Rodgers is the pr- number I think, one reason no. a guy gets fired is when someone in the locker room, no, I think, with a name and number on their back, is the real coach of the team. Why, I think just, I think they're going to be working together. I'm excited to see what they can do. I and you have a Jets guy in Nathaniel in the- Hackett running the offense too, who Aaron Rodgers has worked with before. If the Dolphins or Bills win the division and the Jets lose in the wild card round, Salah's getting fired after one year. And that's just like something they're not going to even blink uh, about. I, they're not going to blink about it. Because I think it depends he, on Rodgers is already coaching the team like over him, right? So yeah, they listen to Robbie and he runs the stairs before every game and whatever and and I just think that that is the type of personality in not in sports head coaching, but in NFL head coaching that like runs out quick. Like I think these, okay, I think we'll I think Aaron Rodgers' locker room is going to want some breaks at some point. So interesting. All right, that's good insight. Well, I do want to move on to our picks, and I also do have a bit of breaking news. I suppose that Graham Gano he just signed an extension. Oh with my the Giants. god! Huge breaking news: three year contract extension. The so. league is shattered. Hey, you know what? Good news for the Giants. Uh, I didn't know that he needed an extension or that was on the table, but they have a good quality kicker for the next three years oh, he's and, great. and beyond, so good for them. But, yeah, let's, t- he'll let's be, talk He'll be picks. damn near 40 when that contract is over. I mean, kickers can play for him. Vinatieri oh, yeah. played oh, in the oh, 40s. Yeah, I mean, it was not. He was still good. How yeah. special is the great A.V.? Dude. Oh, yeah. Legend. Two of Brady's rings are because of A.V., <laughs> if you really think about it. Yeah. I hate that guy. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's hop in. We'll go game by game. We'll take our picks, and let's start. We're just going to go chronologically. We got the Panthers taking on the Falcons Sunday, 1 o'clock, and we got the Falcons favored by 3.5. Jack? Oh, I didn't know who was going first. Yeah, That's sorry. my bad. <laughs> no. uh, I'm going to take I'm gonna take the Panthers in this one on the road. Why? I like – well, first of all, I like Carolina's defense better okay. than I like Atlanta's defense. I like Reich, too, as the coach. Yep. Is that it for you? That, that's literally it. Okay. I think I think the three and a half points stems from the three-point home field advantage, but uh, Vegas having Atlanta as a half point better than Carolina is odd to me. I think Atlanta has made some good offensive additions, but how good, how reliable is that defense going to be in big games? I'm not sure. It's in Atlanta. The Falcons fans are really passionate, and, and they love their team. They love showing out to root for them. I just... I think that if the Falcons win this game and Desmond Ritter's, you know, start as the the new franchise guy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, um, it won't be by enough points to cover. So I'm gonna go Panthers plus three and a half, but I think the Falcons eke it out. And I I, I really like Reich. I like the Panthers defense, and I just think they're gonna make things easy for Young early on. I think he'll be pass like, handing it off to Miles Sanders, passing it short to Thielen. Like yeah. Um, and I, I, if Jonathan Mingo plays, I think he's good for a big play. So we'll see how that goes. I'll take the Panthers plus three and a half here. But I, I really thought Falcons at first. I just if it was like Falcons minus two, I'd be all over it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's boring, but I'll take the Panthers plus the points. I'm just excited to see young quarterback, young offense, new pieces. I like. I just like the Panthers. Um, so yeah. We got Bengals at Browns again Sunday one o'clock, oh, and I, I love these division Bengals. Uh, are a two-point favorite on the road. 
which I feel like is attributed mostly to the fact that they are on the road. But um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to take Bengals minus one and a half. I, um, <clears throat> I liked – first of all, I liked the way that Cincinnati looked during the preseason. And also I think Joey B coming off becoming a, the new richest man in the oh, NFL, yeah. I think he's got – a point to prove, and I think they're going to get out to a, a quick start. I'm going to take the Browns plus two at home. Ooh, um, I think this will be a close one. I love the Browns defense. Obviously, Miles Garrett, the nominal uh, stud there, but overall, I think the Browns defense is pretty strong. And I just like the formula of Watson, Chubb, Cooper. Um, I love the Elijah Moore pickup for them, but I don't think he's someone who swings this game in either direction. I just wanted to throw that out there. Cincinnati's going to be really good this year. Games like this are the ones you got to win to get to those 11-12 win total type of teams. And I don't know if I see Cincinnati being that strong of a regular season team. Can they drop a game like this? Week one, home, Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take the home underdog to cover that two-point spread. I like it. I'm going to take uh, the Bengals to win and to cover that, that two-point spread purely because they're a proven team. They were in the playoffs last year. They look great. I know I can trust Joe Burrow. I know I can trust Jamar Tate. Jamar Chase, and that's to be honest, that's all I need to know uh, when making this pick. So Bengals Higgins is my favorite Bengal receiver. I think Chase gets too much yeah. hype compared to what Higgins should get. I don't think Chase gets too much hype. I think he's really good, right? But like I don't Higgins think is good too. No, I yeah. don't have Chase top five right now, and I think that's, oh, that's okay. That's a hot take. Uh, is it? Uh, have you looked Tay, at the- Tyreek? There's two. Cup. There's three. Right. Cup. Yeah. Then you get sure. into Stephon Diggs. I would that's put four. Chase over Diggs. Mm. Going forward, easily, yes. Today, no. Well, um, are we only ever talking in the context of what we want going forward, or uh, no? I mean, I mean, we're not like, comparing I mean, careers, like are we? Or years? We? No, no, no. I mean, like the next. No, not careers. I just, just like, like like for right the next now, two top, years, okay. I'll take Chase. Game today, I'm taking Diggs. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize what we were. And I think you got Tyreek, you got yep. Jefferson, yep. you got Devontae, you got Cup, and you got Stefan. And I would put AJ Brown seven after jamar at six okay i'll live i'll live with that list for now okay. I, w- I would t- i would love to talk about that Tyreke, for the next 30 Tyreke minutes tyreek one yeah that's Tyreke fair one. yeah but yeah no it's a great conversation i, I just think yeah. um i just think it's not so clear-cut that chase is like elite right now i think he's very very great uh and yeah brown's at home for me okay all right let's uh i guess this matchup doesn't seem that intriguing to me but maybe you guys will disagree we got the jaguars at the colts here jaguars are four and a half point road favorites uh i i i i have jacksonville covering lay it down yeah Yeah. i think i have jacksonville (laughs) covering again there's really not much to really dissect from this game other than i think uh jacksonville is a, a decent team indianapolis is a remarkably average team to below average team the only thing that might kind of balance things a little bit was it was recent news to uh, Jacksonville's defensive unit. Tyler Lacey won't be playing in game one, so that's a good defensive end for them who won't be taking the field. I don't think it'll be that big of a a blow. I I, I still I yeah. It's it's not it's not the sexiest matchup we have this weekend. No. So I'm I'm taking I'm taking Jaguars. Lay those points down. If it were Jacksonville minus five and a half, lay those points down. Jacksonville minus six. I'm laying those points I would take down. it up to six. I'm half. doing it up to six. Man, the Jaguars are going to be so good this year. I could see their over hitting. It's nine and a half. 
I think they win 10, 11, maybe 12. They win that division. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. They're going to be really good. Yeah. Four and a half against a rookie quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Sold. Yep. Done. Lay it down. Yeah. Same thing for me. I won't waste any time. Let's move on. Bucks at Vikings. Vikings are five and a half point favorites at home. I I I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the home field at this one. I'm gonna take Minnesota. I'm gonna take Minnesota at minus five and a half, like it's like it's listed. Um, mm-hmm. You are gonna get to see you're gonna get to see a little bit of Baker, which I think should be interesting. I I don't know how that's gonna how yeah. that's gonna pan out, but I got I I. My heart's with Minnesota on this one. Yeah. Chris. Oh, we. I don't. Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings minus five and a half because it's Kirk 1 p.m. at home. Yep. And that's why. It's not because I think the Buccaneers are, like, going to hang around and, like, lose it at the end. or so. Like, I, I do think they're not one of the better teams in football. They are one of the worst teams in football. But. Whenever your stud players or wide receivers, just sell the team. Like I'm selling the stock. Like I'm selling the stock. Just fade them. Fade them. It's not worth it. It's not ever worth it. Oh, Odell to the Browns. They're gonna be amazing now. Oh, Hopkins to the Cardinals. Oh, they're gonna be amazing now. Fade all those teams. All of them. Um, Evans and Godwin cannot save Baker Mayfield and that defense from themselves. I know Devin White is great. I know they have some great players. Kirk Sunday, 1 p.m. America, football, book it, brew, lock it in. That's what's going on. Yeah. That's 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 the formula. So Vikings, Minnesota's out. too good. I got them five and a half. Let's. Uh, I think they might have a rough season. I think they might win like eight nine games. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Detroit being a better team in that division definitely could make things interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, Why can't Detroit? And hey, the Packers with Jordan Love, who knows how that's going to go? No, they stink. No, you never know. They stink. I don't think they're a playoff team, they but stink. I don't think they're going to win two games. <laughs> stink. stink. I think they could win five, six games. <laughs> Come on. Six? Chris, six Chris, Chris, what do you think? They- I, I could see four to six. All right. I'll give you four to six. Sure. Let's move on. Uh, we got Titans at Saints. Saints minus three. So essentially a toss-up given the three points at home. <sighs> this is a tough one. I'm not it's gonna not lie. for me. Go this ahead. Is then you, then you, then you go first. Then you go first. Give me the Titans plus three. That is a physical day long. football team. I think they win that division. I think everyone is hyping up the wrong team to win that division. Um, I, I, I think the Titans can win their division. They, they are a physical, physical team, man. And yeah, I'm aware that Lawrence is also in that division, right? But they might come in second at Tennessee. I, I just think that. I'm really in on what Tennessee has going on this year because this is like the final year of this formula, mm-hmm. right? If this doesn't work this year, they are tearing it down. So, yeah, I- I'm going to go ahead and say Derrick Henry stud season, Tannehill gets the job done. Hopkins, if he just looks like a wide receiver too on a good team, I think it's enough. I'm going to go ahead and say Tennessee covers those three points because I think they win outright. And I think we can talk to somebody who knows the Titans all too well, our own sports oh. manager, Julia Moss, behind the glass. Julia, do you have any input on this week one matchup? Oh. Listen, I, I have one thing to say. Wow. Hammer a Titans win, <laughs> not just this week, but all 17 weeks that they play football. <laughs> They're going undefeated. Ryan Tannehill is the future, the past, present, and future. 
Okay. And Derrick Henry is the best running back of all time. They Thank you for letting me talk, guys. They definitely Love don't it. have two young quarterbacks on the roster for when no. Tannehill's arm turns into a noodle in March. <laughs> Yippee! <laughs> um, I just think thank you, Julia, for tuning in and uh, tuning in. Thank you, Julia, for tuning in and chiming in. Love by it. the way, but yeah, nah, Titans. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll take the Titans for those reasons. No need to dilly dally here. We got our we got oh, three more one o'clock games to preview, so it's kind of rapid fire. And we got Niners at Steelers. Niners are two and a half favorites on the road. I got the Steelers at home. Ooh. Um, for a couple for a couple reasons, oddly specific. First of all, Kittle's questionable, which is important to their offense. Um, that's not really. I don't think that that's the main reason that I I I go with Pittsburgh, but. The other thing that gave uh, the other thing that I like with Pittsburgh is just getting to see talent like that early in the season, week one at home. I I I think we're gonna see a very Lions Chiefs esque game. Okay, Chris. Okay, I like that prediction. I think it's a fair one. I think the Niners have too much going on with the quarterback storylines for them to not just make sure to come out and handle business. Give me the Niners minus two and a half on the road to open up week one. I love the Steelers this year. I think they can win eight, nine games, really hang in that that 500 mix. I think Pickett has a better year than people are thinking. I think he's a good candidate for the season before the season before. Or like the the season before type of year, you know? Like this upcoming season is the season before what could be his next year like emerging gotcha and then the next year would be like this guy's a good starter then they, then they win 12 this could be the yeah. season before the season before for I, Pickett. I think saying. he I has like a that. solid year yeah. he will need some time to develop at the nfl level but i'm just going to take the niners to come out week one and handle business they got a lot going on storyline wise i think they just take care of things yeah so again i like the steelers but for what you just said about the niners i'm taking them two and a half they're going to handle business kyle shanahan he knows what he's doing cmc Kittle, if he plays, bring the boys. Uh, Niners minus two and a half. All right, we got Cardinals at Commanders. Let's, let's fly through these next. Yeah, two I, say, I, don't, games. I don't have much to say. No, we got Commanders games. minus seven at home. I'm I'm gonna take Commanders. Minus I'll take seven. it as well. There we go. All right, now we got the largest spread of the week. We got Texans at Ravens. Ravens minus nine and a half at home. Lamb. Yeah, I think Ravens is a lock. Minus yeah, 10. they'll win by at least ten points there. All right, now we're into the later slate. It, uh, I don't. Hmm. Really, the Texans? No, no, no. I, I, I think Ravens Ryan, win is a loss. The defense. The Ravens will win by like it's, six at least. Gonna be like no, I'll say the Ravens win like is a lot, but I don't know if like. It is a big spread. Okay, I'll lay them for Baltimore. I think Lamar has a big year. Lay them. Yeah, Nine and a half. lots to prove. All right, All right we go. got a divisional matchup opening up the 425 window. Packers at Bears. Bears minus one and a half. I like the Bears in this one. Packers one and a half on the road. Give I me like it. the Bears. I, I think Jordan Love starts out getting people excited and then craps the rest of the year out. Okay. I just think that the Bears have some stuff to figure out, some new receivers to fit in. They got DJ Moore now, right? And I think Khalil Herbert's a great player. I don't think he's someone who sways the outcome of a game. Um, let's see that Packers defense hold up. Let's keep this low scoring, and let's see the Bears win 17-16. to 16. Ooh, okay. Packers I like, will cover. I like the uh... – I like the Bears at home to, to win and cover. Um, I like to see what Justin Fields does. And, uh, you know, I said earlier that I'm excited to see what Jordan Love does too, but I, I like the Bears at home here uh, to, to win and cover. We got Raiders at Broncos, uh, 425 Eastern time. Uh, Broncos are minus three and a half. And I'm, I'm going to take Broncos minus three and a half. Ooh. I hate the Broncos. I hate the Raiders this year. I don't like either of these teams. 
I'm gonna go with Denver. I think they're gonna be able to run the ball to, with Javante Williams and just set the tone early, short gains to Sutton and Judy yep. if he plays, and just keep things simple. I'm gonna go the Broncos minus three and a half really reluctantly. Yep. I want to take the Raiders in my heart, and I can't justify it. So it's going to have to be the Broncos. Cool. I like the Broncos minus three and a half. New coach. Russell Wilson has something to prove after that horrible year last year. I think that uh, they can fix some, th- fix some things up, and uh, I think they'll win this one minus three and a half. Five games to go. Five games to go. Let's do it. We got Philly at New England. New England, uh, or Philly's uh, the favorite, minus four. I, I got Philly in this one. Have to. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, you what have a, to. What an odd line. I thought it was what seven. They, what do they know that we don't? I thought I well, saw that's, it. Well, that's seven, what I'm like, saying is oh, it's like oddly ago. it's like oddly close. I know they're doing the Tom Brady ceremony or whatever. Oh, give me a is break. that going to rile up the crowd a little bit? Give me a break. <laughs> it's the best D-line in the NFL. Defending NFC champs. And I got the, the Eagles, Eagles, too. The Eagles yeah. have no players on their injury report. Yeah. Give, give. Eagles minus four. I just don't understand why that's weird as line. close as it is. It's a weird line. Yeah, what do they know that we don't? This is what I, this is what's we'll upsetting. Find out on Sunday, I guess. You wonder if those those script writing ads are actually like damage control. Yeah, like right. it's like, a, hey, we're gonna joke about it, so let's we're turn. Put it let's right turn. In front let's, of their let's put it so like mm-hmm. they think, hey, we're joking about it. They can't be doing it, but they're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, we got two more left in the four twenty five slate, and then two. Prime this is times. like this is like the hippie team bowl right here. Oh, yeah. uh, with the Dolphins and Chargers. <laughs> this is Chargers like... are minus three at home. This is very alt. Uh, uh, give me Chargers minus three. The McDaniel and the tra- and Staley. All right, man. What a coaching matchup. Get me the Dolphins plus three. Everyone loves the Chargers. MVP MVP Herbert. This and that. What talent is going to lead to that? And you're going to tell me the names of quarterbacks and wide receivers. And I'm going to ask you again. What talent is going to lead to a 12, 13, 11 win season for the Chargers? The only talent I know would be Will Talent, I think, to be honest with you. Derwin. Derwin Let's be honest here. Is Derwin Are the Chargers going to win 13 games? <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> oh, my God. They're not going to be some great Come team. on, let's be honest here. 9, 10 wins for the Chargers, maybe, right? But I don't think they're going to be some stud team. Give me the Dolphins they're, plus three starting out the year nicely. With Chargers win, will, will with be. A win on the road for yeah, Miami. Yeah, I like the Dolphins. Chargers will be fighting for their playoff lives in week 18. They'll probably be that Sunday night game to win it in. Tua is getting underrated weirdly, and it's weird for me to say that. Yeah. All right. I like the Dolphins two plus three. Uh, we got Rams at Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks minus five at home. Yeah. Let's make this quick. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Chris? This is brutal because Cooper Cup is out. Yeah, he's out. And it's tough. But I'm going to go with the Rams plus five. Interesting. Because I think they put on a run this year to win that division. And so I will take the Rams plus five reluctantly because they don't have Cup and he's really important. But, yeah. Bold pick. I like uh, the Rams plus five, but I want Seattle to win. I have Seattle outright. Uh, all right, we got New York teams. We already kind of talked about these matchups, so let's just give our picks now. Cowboys at Lions, Sunday night at MetLife. Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I, I'm i going to take the Giants by I'll – give, I'll give a score. I'm going to take the Giants by two. Okay. Yeah, let's do score pred- predictions. So, yeah, so l- then let's – I'll do Giants 23-21. Okay. 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 I am going to take the Giants to cover, and I was going to think that. And then lose by a field goal. 
Mm. No, that's Minnesota. I yeah, I think <laughs> wow. I think um I think this game has some some spunk to it. I think we get like a 28 to 23. Oh, that's a lot of points. Um it's an awesome ugly score. Wow. Yeah, I, I hate that. Throw up. Yeah. I hate that. <sighs> Okay, the over-under is, wow. Okay, interesting, interesting. I'm going to go Giants, 26. Ah, no, I won't. Cowboys, 26. Giants, 23. Okay. Giants cover. All right. I got the Giants to win. I got the Giants to cover. I got my final score. Let's go 21-17. Book it. All right, Bills at Jets. Uh, Bills are two and a half point favorites. Yeah, and I got the Jets covering. I got the Jets. I got the Jets covering, and uh, I'm gonna say they. Mm, I'm gonna say they win by three. Okay. Okay. So, oh, but I didn't give a score. Um, I'll go seventeen fourteen. Ooh, low scoring game. I like it. Wow. Low scoring. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go. Diggs doesn't want to be there. <laughs> we'll be standing on the field at the my, end. My rationale. <laughs> will, he, will he have the hands on yeah. his head? Yeah. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm so tempted to give the exact same score uh, <laughs> that, I, that I did for the other one. Uh, God, do you really think it's going to be that low scoring? Now you're like kind of talking me into it. This is so weird. All the, the the only thing that I'm like my main rationale for that is just the whole defensive shield go, that I ran go, through. I'm gonna go Jets twenty seven, Bills twenty four. Okay. Um and that's my pick. All right. I so we're gonna very heavy New York positive show, which I love. I'm taking the Jets as well. I got them to cover, I got them to win, and I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna put on a show. Let's say uh thirty one twenty four. Okay. Jets win. That's week one. Jack, it's in the books. What you have for the score for, for Jets Bills? 17-14. I'm writing these down. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, this was awesome. Love talking football with you guys. Oh, what a nice That'll, episode. This was great. Absolutely. That'll do it, though, for this week's edition of NFL Friday. Of course, you can listen to NFL Friday at any time, wherever you get your podcast. The sports director of WFUV, that's Bobby Chaffordini. Thank you to Merrick Rhodes behind the glass. And, of course, Julia Moss helping out as usual. For Chris Percyinen and Jack Warner, I'm Bridge Gotham saying so long and enjoy your weekend of football. We'll see you next week on NFL Friday, which is a...